And we're live. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Real Live Talk. I'm so pumped that you're here to check out this conversation. My guest today is Pastor Jim Baker. Jim and his wife, Mary, have are the senior leaders at Zion Christian Fellowship in Powell, Ohio. The church is marked by worship, a strong presence of God, healings, miracles, several dead raisings, come on somebody, and a passion for personal and regional transformation. He's the author of How Heaven Invades Your Finances and the founder of wealthwithgod.com. So I know that this conversation is going to bless you, challenge you, probably mess with your thinking on some things. And so again, thanks so much for taking the time to uh, watch and or listen to this episode. So uh, yeah, Jim Baker, ladies and gentlemen. Jim, thanks so much. It's an honor to have you on the show. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks, Duke. Yeah, this is fun. I'm not sure I've done a live show in a while. So this is uh, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I appreciate you doing this, man. It's, uh, it's awesome. Uh, it's, it's really an honor to have you on. And I've been just so like on a personal level, I've been very blessed by your teachings in particular uh, in the area of of wealth and and healing, uh, but also um, just uh, the way that you talk about our, our identity in Christ and things like that as well. When I first came across your teachings, probably a couple of years ago, they were related to the financial side of things. Yeah. But then when I came across something that you had taught on healing, it was just kind of like, whoa, it, it just sort of uh, the way that you put things in such a very concise <laughs> and direct way uh, really uh, just impacted my life a lot. So, uh, so, so again, it's just an honor to have you here. Well, I love hearing that. Thanks for sharing that. That's uh, that, that's all that matters. People getting changed. So that's awesome and well if you would i know i shared just a very very brief um part of your bio there but if you would just tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do and uh, maybe some of the things that you're passionate about yeah yeah well it was a it was a stormy night the night of my birth and so no <laughs> and so yeah so um yeah i'm married to uh, uh my wonderful wife it's been 20 was it 27 years it'll be 28 years this year We've got three amazing boys, 25, 23, and 19. And so uh, my middle son's engaged, so super excited about that. Um, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge family guy. I love my kids. They're, uh, they're my best friends. We pastor church That's in awesome. Columbus, and they're the hungriest group of people. I call them the most dangerous people in Columbus, Ohio. And so we, uh, yeah, they're, they're a joy to pastor. And um, so yeah, they're, they're great. Um, charismatic church. And so we, you know, we, we love God where we take our time in worship. You know, we say people in love aren't in a hurry. And so we, uh, yeah, worship, you know, we're not, I don't, you can get religious with that thinking that it's more spiritual to have longer worship. And so we recognize that too, but we just tend to take our time and, you know, God just seems to want to do, do a lot of things. And so we like to give him time to do that. And so uh, I also have a business called Wealth with God, where we uh, teach kingdom-minded people how do you build wealth for generosity uh, using timeless biblical principles, using financial science. And so uh, I teach you how to put it into a plan so wealth becomes a matter of when, not if. And so that's super fun. And I think one of the best ways to redefine normal Christianity is to have prosperity with a purpose. You know, I see a lot of Christians struggle with money. Wow. And, uh, you know, prosperity with purpose and power with purity. That's really what I really, I'm, you asked me what I'm passionate about. It's really to carry that raw power of God in a pure way, to not let ego get into it, to not start thinking that you have a whole bunch to do with it. You know, it's healing is a lot like, you know, I don't know if you ever saw that commercial for Volkswagen where the little kids got the Darth Vader mask on. And he's like trying to use the force to like start the car, you yeah, know, yeah. And like, yeah, like yeah. move the cup down the thing and nothing's working. And then his, uh, he goes out there and he puts his, you know, his dad comes home and he brushes past the dad and he's using the force in the car and the dad's standing in the kitchen. And he's got the remote start and starts the car and the kid jumps back and looks at his hands. That's healing. You know, we, we put out our hands and, and God hits the remote start. You know, he's already said yes to healing. You know, we're not trying to convince him. Mm. He's trying to convince us. And so, you know, healing's not my idea. It's God's idea. Right. And so, uh, yeah. So, yeah, we, we love that power with purity, just recognizing that Jesus already said, yes, this is part of his inheritance. You know, we're trying to get him his reward, you know, and we get to be part of the family business called the kingdom of God. And part of that is to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, cast out demons. You know, Christianity is so supernatural. You can't even be a Christian if you don't believe in dead raising. 
You have to believe Jesus was raised from the dead. That's literally entrance into Christianity is you have to believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. And so, so yeah, we're, you know, we're not ashamed of it. You know, we, uh, people are like, Jim, are you, are you like preaching that people, you want them to have subjective experiences? I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) I don't want you to have some theory that you can quote. I want you to have a yay God (laughs) grab you by the shirt. And it's not always like that. I mean, let's just be honest. Or my life isn't like one mountaintop angelic, you know, angels rubbing my feet. You know, it's it's none of that stuff, you know, (laughs) but you know, it's, it's, it's that walk with him. It's abiding with him. It's, it's, it's the still small voice. It's the sharing. It's the communion. It's just sweet. I mean, I, I, I love him. I'm in love with Jesus. And so I've been burning for decades. And so I want to, I want to burn even more. So I don't know. I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm out of my mind. I've been on calls all day. And so I'm, I'm crazy. About <laughs> no, you do, man. I'm crazy about my family. I, I love people. You know, I like, uh, actually like people, you know, you go to conferences. Sometimes I'll speak at conferences and they're like, you know, do you want us to, you know, get you alone in a room? And, you know, like, I'm like, no, I actually like people. I, like, that's why I got into this was so love God, love people. Uh, I like cars and watches. I'm not in love with them, but I do. I'm a, I'm an enthusiast, meaning, I, uh, I get the magazines <laughs> and, um, and I'm, uh, getting ready to take billiard lessons and ping pong lessons. So really, yeah. So yeah, there, there's, there's more than you wanted to know about me, but let's be honest. We're all our favorite subjects. Your, your favorite <laughs> subject is you. My favorite subject is me. So you got me talking about me. So <laughs> Jim, just talk about you. Just talk about you for 60 yeah, minutes. Just talk about be, me. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. So no, it's so good. I'm really, I'm really glad that that you shared all that. And I, um, yeah, going back to what you said, like right at the beginning there, uh, where you know the uh, the this idea that you have in your church of you know people that are in love are not in a hurry. I think that that's so cool. And then coming back to what you just said at the end there about really loving God and loving people. And when we really distill the the gospel and why we're here and what we've been made for, what we've been created for down to its most basic form. That's what it is, right? It's loving God and loving people. And the it's way that we love question exam. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, did you love God? Did you, what'd you do with my son? And what'd you do with the people? Yeah. You know, it's, it's pretty much it. That's so awesome. it's like, there's the, there's the cheat sheet. The answers are in advance. So yeah, <laughs> this is not a difficult exam, but no. we, we overcomplicate it, right? Like we overcomplicate it when we make it about us, when we make it about our comfort or when we make it about, just these different things where we've got to measure up or we've got to make it about yeah. ourselves yeah. or how many minutes did you spend in prayer today or how many times did you read your Bible oh this God. week or you know, the things that we that do, up. right? <laughs> I love that because people are always like, uh, well, how, how much do you pray a day? I'm like, like if I could count it, does it really even count? Like, like how much do you talk to your wife a day? Like, do you have that timed out? You know what I'm saying? It's like, wow. it's, a, it's a relationship. I, I, I've never kept track. You know, it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, we got to make this thing relational. It's like, I, I'm not timing yeah. my wife. Like, okay, we're going to have 10 minutes of conversation following the ACTS model, adoration, confession, Thanksgiving, supplication, go, you know, and it's like, <laughs> okay, you know, it's, you know, all right, we don't know what to say. Let's just pray in tongues. Like we're not going, it's like, that's not how, that's not how relationships work. So I, I love that's that you true. brought that up. It's just, man, the pressure's off. Jesus already said yes to everything. You know, he's already removed every obstacle between you and the father. The only obstacles are uh, strongholds in your mind. They're not even uh, real because he already paid. Yeah. And so it's just all good news. You know, it's just (laughs) it's just good news. It if is all believer, good news. If you're a believer, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, it's so good. You know, I was I was thinking earlier today. Uh, there's um, there's this psalm. I think it's Psalm. Oh gosh, I, I'm pretty sure it's Psalm 36. And and David says, David says, "In your light we see light." <laughs> I used wow. to read that, and I'd be like, "What?" Like like duh. Like what's the what's the point? I don't know if this song exists in English, but there is a song. I I used to be a missionary in Mexico, and there was a song in Spanish that we used to sing. And the bridge of the song was those words. It was in your light, we see the light. And I was always like, this sounds cool in Spanish, but like, what's the point of this lyric? Like, what does that even mean? Yeah, wow. And then, uh, yeah, like a few years ago, God just got, uh, God just, uh, you know, spoke to, started speaking to me through that. And it's like, you know, if I'm, if I'm looking for 
negative things, if that's my focus, then those are the things that are going to become apparent to me. Wow. But if I recognize what you just said a second ago, that the gospel really is all good news, that this relationship that we're in, this life that we're living, it's an adventure with Jesus. And of course, there's going to be ups and downs. Of course, there's yeah. going to be obstacles and challenges and things that that come your way. There's going to be times where there's tragedy. There's going to be these different things in your life. But if your focus is on Jesus through it all, through the process, and and we really learn to keep it simple. And like you said, the pressure's off. The pressure's not on me. So yeah. this is not about me performing, trying to measure up or live up to something, but it's all about him. And so when we make it all about him in his light, <laughs> we see it. light. We we see what he has for us. You know? I think you should take up an offering, man. This is good. This is good. <laughs> well, right, everybody, get your the out. The theologian's DC talk had that song in the light. So let's not forget that. That's We're right. The remake yeah. of Charlie Peacock. So you might be too young for that, but uh, I want to be in the light. That's right. That's a powerful song. Yeah. No, I love that. When you think about the word good news, news is something that's already happened. It's not an announcement of what you must now do. Mm, you, you know, the news is like everything's already been done. Like it's news. It's like you're, you're reporting this good news. It's not like, OK, here's here's the, the three things you must do. I remember I was at this leadership conference and I'm not kidding. I wanted to get up and throw something. This guy literally had like 12 steps to the abundant life. I'm like, well, what happens if you forget step seven? Like, is the whole thing screwed up? You know, like, geez, Louise. And so literally step one was like, die to self. I'm like, oh, wow, that's step oh, one. Like, that's, like, that's that good take news. A while. It's going to be good. Like, anyway, yeah, I mean, like step two was like, walk in the spirit. Step three was like, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Step four was like, love your neighbor. I'm like, like, are you kidding me? Like, does anyone like, like, if I got to do all this, I'm not going to have the abundant life. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. uh, there's no way I'm going to, you know, I yeah, know it's just, it drove me yeah. crazy. I'm like, is this supposed to be hope inspiring to anybody like, who's listening to this? Like, anyway, but news sounds is, like, right, right. Where news is an yeah. announcement of what's already been done. You know, I, there's, the scariest verse to me in the whole Bible. Well, one of them is second Corinthians 11, three, Paul says, just as Eve was deceived by the serpent. I mean, that's like galactic level announcement there. Just as Eve was deceived by the serpent, I, I fear that you two have been deceived away from the simplicity of Christ. Mm, come yeah, on. so many people, man, they want to blow their shofar over their checkbooks. They want double portion anointings. They want mantles. And listen, you can have all the mantles and anointing you can handle as long as that anointing points you back to the anointed one, as long as the mantle points you back to the one who's given the gifts. It's the simplicity of Christ. He already did it all you know, the sufficiency of Christ. And so, man, when we start getting outside of that, I mean, he literally, he thought of everything. I, when I, when I take the cup, you know, this is the new covenant in my blood. I'm thinking you thought of everything. You didn't leave anything wow. out. I mean, literally anything I could need, the guilt, the shame, the wisdom, anything that I need, you already said yes to. And so, um, so I have a friend uh, named Matt and he met with this 25 year old who I don't want to exaggerate. So I'll just say he made $20 million in some mm. business, something crazy like that. And um, and so Matt ate with them and he's like, hey, man, what do you, what do you feel is kind of like a, a key to your success? Such a profound answer for any age. But for a 25 year old, it's really impressive. Uh, this person was 100 percent kingdom who, who gave the answer. And he said, um, I'm learning to uh, to walk into every situation as a son who has full access. Wow. Come on. I was on. like, wow, I need to learn from this 25 year old. This, this, that's a pretty powerful thing. What's he doing? He's recognizing the finished works of the cross. He's recognizing all God's promises are yes and amen. The yes is on his part. Our life has to amen it. We have to come face to face and agree with that thing and say, yeah, that belongs to me because of what Jesus has done. That's what faith is just our response to what Jesus already said yes to. That's good. Faith isn't prying God's hand open. God's hands are already open at the cross. That's the good news. Anyway. I love the new covenant. It is it is way better than that old covenant. I can't believe how many I'm going crazy today. I can't believe how many people want to fight for the right to be under the old covenant. They're like, no, you still oh. gotta keep the laws. You still gotta you still gotta eat the food things and keep the feasts. I'm like, have you read? Like he calls it a ministry of condemnation and a ministry of death. I mean, they had the whole Jerusalem council right. was like, no, you don't have to do any of that. Just don't eat food food sacrifice to idols. Apparently, that was just way too much for the Jews to be able to fellowship with the Gentiles was something that offensive. It'd be like, you know, if you're, if you're trying to eat with someone and they want to be naked, probably like, you know what? It's just, I can't, I can't really concentrate, you know, and so <laughs> it's, it's just so offensive that you're doing that. Could, could you, could you not, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, yeah. it's like that. And then just keep giving to the poor. 
that's it. Mm. And so he didn't say, you know what, you got to tithe, you know, I mean, that would have been a great point. I'm not getting, I'm not, I'm going to get myself in too much trouble. <laughs> Shots fired. Oh, Jim Lord. <laughs> I just had someone email me today and email me some Old Testament passages about tithing. And I like, I'm not even a friend with them on Facebook. So I had to go like in that yeah. special thing. And I'm mm -hmm. like, um, I said, why did you send this to me to show you how wrong you were in your teaching? I was like, okay, thank you. Like, well, I don't even know who you are. What are you talking about? You send me some Old Testament verses. I was like, oh, Lord. Yeah. Like, thank you, Lord. It's funny. It's so. funny. Yeah, man. Well, like when you when you were describing earlier all those all those steps in that in that program oh my gosh, that you were talking about. Steps to abundant it just, life. It, <laughs> that's what I was going to. It's like uh, it sounds a lot like this old covenant that we used to be under that we're not under anymore, where there were all these steps and all these things that you had uh, to do in order to measure up. Thirteen laws they had to keep. Yeah, oh, man. And if you messed up in one of them, you were guilty of all of it. Um, but but Jim, like one of the things that I that I that I love is. Uh, the way that you describe the the Old Testament or the Old Covenant paradigm versus the New Covenant paradigm, would you talk about that for a minute? Yeah, well, I, I, I'm going blank, but um, I'll, <laughs> I'll keep moving my lips until something comes out that's decent. So, you know, the, under the Old Covenant, you know, one of the pictures I use is that under the Old Covenant, God said, I will keep my part Mm -hmm. And uh, and and you will keep your part. And if you keep your part, I will bless you. And if you don't keep your part, I will curse you. That's pretty much the Old Testament, right? And so now the good news: there were sacrifices that stayed off those curses and stuff like that. And that's why idolatry was so horrible for um, for uh, Israel is because the sacrifices kept off the judgment, kept off all the things that they deserved. It was a covering. It was an atonement for them, right? Yeah. So when they turned to idolatry, they didn't sacrifice anymore. Boom! They got. They got crushed, right? That's that's the old yep. testament. Yep. The old covenant guy says, "I'll keep my part, you keep your part. If you don't keep your part, um, I'll curse you. If you keep your part, I'll bless you." God's like, you know what? I'm going to make a new arrangement. That old arrangement is, um, according to Hebrews, obsolete, has come to an end, right? Mm. Um, yeah. And so he said, "I'm going to make a better arrangement with better promises." So here's the new covenant. God says, "I will keep my part, and then I will come and keep your part, and I will treat you as if you kept your part yourself." Mm. Boom. Jesus got what you deserved so we could get what he deserved. That's the new covenant message. That's the unfairness. It's, it's, it's a scandal of grace. It ain't fair. I can tell you that much. It ain't fair. And so that, that's the good news. And so that's what that's what the, the rest that we have entered into, according to Hebrews 4, the rest is, hold on, I don't, I don't have to pry God's hand open. You know, when, a lot of times I see people praying for healing. They're going through this list to see if they're worthy of healing. Hold on, I, I, man, I, don't, I haven't had enough time with God. I haven't had a really good devotional life. I don't, you know, I don't know if I have enough faith. Well, you just told me the whole problem. See, faith looks at Jesus. Faith is like an eyeball. An eyeball looks out. If an eyeball stops looking out and somehow turned itself in, it's no longer functioning like an eyeball because eyeballs look right. out. Faith, new covenant faith, according to Hebrews 12, is fixing your eyes on Jesus. And so if you begin to look to see if you have enough faith, good. that's not faith. Faith looks at Jesus. Faith doesn't look to see if you've had a good devotional life. Now it's called dead works and you've cut yourself off from grace. That's the scandal is we enter into this rest where Jesus did it all. I'm, I'm putting my full weight. I'm putting all my confidence. My pastor says, I'm pushing my chips to the center of the table and I'm betting it all on God. And I'm living in that reality of. So I had this. I don't I don't even know what we're supposed to talk about today. I had this. In Bro, it's just it's just just just. Yeah, it's just happening. <laughs> it just go. It's happening. And so I don't want to pretend like I have open visions any regular basis. I, 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 okay. I wish I did. Okay. I'm just, I just don't, I just don't think it's healthy to try to like put yourself higher than you are. Okay. And so I, mm -hmm. I've had a couple and, uh, and some of those I might even made up, let's just be honest. And so, <laughs> but this one I felt was real. And so at our church, I, we, uh, we used to have an office. Uh, I used to have an office there, but the kids ministry took over all the space and I'm not bitter, but they, uh, so you had an office. So I drink a lot of water. And so I'm walking down the hallway in real life. I'm, you know, this isn't the vision. I'm walking down the hallway and the lights were off and I got to the door of the bathroom and I got in, in my mind's eye, I'm like, I'm seeing it kind of like almost with my eyes open. And so I'm taking the beginning of the hallway and it's dark and these hands come and put these golden glasses on me and I could see everything brightly. And, um, and in the dream I'm walking. And when I got to where I was actually standing, not dream, but whatever that thing was, when I yeah. got to where I was standing, I came to myself and I was like, and so me being the spiritual giant, I thought, hmm, that's weird, and just brushed it off, went to the bathroom. So I keep drinking the water, 
So I go to, you know, I get up, I'm going to go to the bathroom again. I'm walking down the same dark hallway, get to the bathroom, boom, exact same thing happens. I'm in the beginning of the hallway. These hands come, put these golden glasses on me. Everything's bright. I get to myself and, um, and then I, I come to myself. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, I, I think something happened there. You know, like, uh-huh. I, like I mean, I'd be the most spiritually sharp guy, but, um, and I, I felt like the Lord was like, go read, go read Mark four. And so I read Mark four and it's the parable of the four soils, the one seed, four soils, but then it goes on. And so, uh, you know, it's a 30, 60, hundred fold. Then he says, um, you know, put the light under the bushel, you know, pay attention to how you listen. But then he gives another parable and he says, there's this farmer who sowed some seed and then he went to sleep. And while he's sleeping, there were the, the grain grew first, the head, the shoot, and then the stock of wheat, and then the harvest, all while he slept, and he didn't know how it happened. And I felt like the mm-hmm. Lord said, Jim, the pressure's off. You can't make it happen. Boy, guys, that's a huge kingdom truth there. I'm not, I'm not talking about being lazy. God said he'd bless the work of your hands, not your butt on the couch. I'm not talking about <laughs> just, just sitting there doing nothing and, you know, checks yeah. are coming in the mailbox, the law of attraction. This is amazing. I'm not talking about that. Okay, we, we co-labor. Part of our work is, is, is what we're designed for. God himself works. He's not like the prophets of Baal. You know, Baal is supposed to be, you know, we're bringing him the food because he didn't want to work. Right. But, but, yeah. He's not like that. So, um, guys, the pressure is off. You don't have to make it happen. Like, we do our part. We act. And then we expect God to act with us. And however he sees is, is the wisest plan. And so you yeah. can live this let go, pressure-free life where... Man, it, it, you know, there's this, uh, you know, there's a thing. If it's going to be, it's up to me. Well, just because it rhymes doesn't mean it supersedes scripture, <laughs> right? And so you can uh, you can live in this rest. You can enter into this realm called rest where the pressure's off and you don't have to make it happen. So. Mm, that's so good. God's like, yeah, I know how to rhyme too, but it doesn't that's have right. to rhyme for it <laughs> yes. to be true. Yeah. <laughs> and that just rhymed, by the way. That, there you go. Like, yeah, there yeah, we go. But, it, but anyway... It's heavy, heavy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I, I love what uh, what Romans five nineteen says that through his obedience we're made righteous. So it's not our ability to be obedient. It's not our ability to measure up and do all okay. of the things. But we are in Christ, right? And so because we're in Christ, his death is my death. His resurrection is my resurrection. And so we walk in this newness of life because of what he's done for us. And yeah, I think so often we're we're doing that. We're trying to, even if we don't say the words, I think so often God's people, maybe even on a subconscious level, are trying to or they or thinking that they're they deserve something or don't deserve something based on 100%. what their spiritual life has been like up to that point or that day or that week or you know, whatever the case may be. And uh yeah, man, it's it's so cool what you said. Like that's an over, that's an outdated, obsolete covenant. And what we have now is so much better. But yet there's this thing. I think there's this, there's this thing, and it's probably rooted in pride or a desire to be in control or whatever. That like I think we try to hold on to sometimes where we we don't always like that idea that it doesn't depend on us. Like I think there's a part of a part of man that wants it to be on based on his yeah. works or or based on his abilities or whatever so that we have something that we can say but it's all based on what he did and his finished works and he's entered into rest as you said and we get to enter into that rest with him well, i like and, how he uh, says he says labor to enter into that rest it's uh, come that, on. That, that, yeah. that's, that's the job is it's getting to that point where it's like yeah. pushing off all that, all that stuff. And you can even, you, you mentioned, you know, us wanting to have a part. And so you can even hear it when people pray, Oh Lord, you know, their heart. Oh Lord, you see how hard, how much they love you. I'm like, really? You're trying to get them healed on their good works. Come on. Like, it's going to be a long day. It's, it's going to be a long day. <laughs> Anytime that you are looking back and feeling confident because you've had some good devotional times with the Lord, you're going to be depressed in a week because that doesn't last. God's not impressed with your devotion. He's only impressed with his son's devotion. You mentioned righteousness. Mm. OMG. Okay. Righteousness. Are you ready for this? You've entered into a realm where God is no longer dealing with you based on your behavior. He's dealing with you based on Jesus's behavior. Come on. So let's just look at an example of this. In the Old Testament, if you sinned, you brought a lamb to the priest. And the priest inspected the lamb to make sure it was perfect and acceptable. The priest inspected the lamb. He never inspected the person. Yep. 
Let's go to the new covenant. Guys, uh, when, when you're coming before God with a request, he's not looking at you to see if you're acceptable. He's looking at the lamb. <laughs> mm. He puts you into the safest place you could ever be. He made you one with his son. That rhymes. That's a truth. And so um, <laughs> he, he, he puts in the safest place you get. We need to go on tour together, Jim. We do. We do. Yeah. It's, it's spoken words. It's, yeah, it's going to be a short show, though. I got about three of yeah. them. And yeah. so I'm done. But yeah, but I want you to think about that, guys. You, you've entered into a realm where God is no longer dealing with you based on your behavior. He's dealing with you based on Jesus' behavior. So when you're coming before God, you, you and under the old covenant, you came in with your report cards. You got an A. Yeah. You got blessed. You got an A minus. You got cursed because it wasn't perfect. Right. And so under the new covenant, we're still coming to God with a report card. But we're coming to him based on Jesus's report card. And God is rewarding us as if we got those grades ourselves. So according to God, there's only he looks at us as if there's only been two human beings in history. You're either in Adam or you're in Christ. Wow. In Adam, you're under the old covenant. People like generational curses, probably hot mess under Adam. So what he did is he killed who you were in Adam, buried you with Christ in baptism, raised you to a newness of life. Now you're in Christ. And so you're like, oh, what about these generational curses? Well, the final clause of the new covenant is God will remember your sins and lawless deeds no more. If God's not holding your sins against you, he's not going to hold your uncle's sins against you because he was a mason or your grandfather was a witch doctor. Hashtag duh. Okay. And so that, that person <laughs> yeah. had generational curses. That person died. Jesus' generation has no curses. So I think the best illustration of this is you have to understand one person can stand for all. You brought up Romans 5. And it says just as one man... Um, uh, trespassed, uh, everyone became a, a sinner. Yeah. Same with um, yep. one person's act of righteousness, everyone became righteous. Yep. So it's, it's a trick question. Are you a sinner because you sinned or are you a sinner because you were born that way? And the answer, according to Romans, is you're a sinner because you were born into sin. Mm -hmm. Okay. Why is this a big deal? Because you don't become a sinner because of your behavior, you become a sinner because of your nature. You don't Come become on. righteous because of your righteous behavior. Keep reading Romans 5. It's, I think it's verse 18. And then um, you become righteous because of your new nature. See, that, that is huge. It's not it's what crazy. you do that makes you righteous. It's because of who you are. You've been united to Christ. So you think of uh, the best illustration is David and Goliath. One person could stand for all. You know, you've got Goliath who's going out and challenging him, you know, give me a man and come fight me. And so what's he saying? He's saying, listen, uh, this is how they did battle in the ancient Near East was one person can stand for all. And so he's like, you know, so when David came out there and, and uh, David, you know, one, he even said, he said, um, give me a man. And if uh, I beat him, all of Israel will become our slaves. But if you defeat me, all of Philistia will become your slaves. Yep. One person can stand for the, all. I want you to see what happened to that one person hap is, is as if it happened to all of them. Everybody. Okay? Yeah. And so when David ca came out there and uh, took the five smooth stones with his slingshot, he wasn't just representing himself. All of Israel could feel the sand beneath their sandals. They could feel the weight of the five stones in their hands. Why? Because David wasn't just doing it for them. He was doing it as them. He became their covenant representative. Are you guys getting this? That's awesome. And so um, then he goes out there and uh, and same with Goliath. Goliath. Whatever happened to Goliath, if he gets defeated, it's as if all of Philistia. And not only that, all of David and David's descendants and all the people of Israel's descendants will be affected by this one covenant representative. They could be in slavery or victory for generations because of what this wow. one person did. So David goes out there, you know the story. And uh, I, I love it because he says, what are you, one of my dog, you're coming at me with sticks. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and he's like, I don't come at you with sword and spirit of javelin. I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty. I'm going to cut off your head and feed it to my enemies. I think he might have added something like this, how you like me now. I don't know that he actually said that <laughs> in the Hebrew. But um, he does it. And so, um, you know, they had, you know, Goliath had in this armor. It's larger than life. They had on like these Viking head dressings. It was highly mm -hmm. polished brass. He's going there at sun up and sundown. So it's it's the most reflective time. It's just super intimidating. And um, but it had one weakness right where the visor met the met the cap. There was a small little spot. It's just like that spot in the Death Star with the, uh, the thermal reactor. There was like that small, uh, remember that small reactor, but luckily Luke had been practicing um, shooting womp bats in the, on the uh, home planet of Tatooine with his, uh, with his, with his fighter. Yeah. So just like that one little weakness in the Death Star, there's this one little weakness in the armor. You know, you know the story. And as he's swishing around the, uh, uh, the slingshot, 
all of Israel can feel the wind whip against their face because David's doing it as them, not just for them. Mm. And when he lets that stone go, hits the giant, knocks him out, takes the giant sword, chops off his head, and he raises up the head and all of Israel's, we won. Well, I've got some good news for you is um, that is a model of what happened is our covenant representative went and where um, Satan defeated Adam in the garden, Jesus defeated uh, uh, Satan in the, in the desert. The same temptations, so he overcomes good. them. This is the first time Satan had appeared to a man since uh, since Job. And so um, and, and so <clears throat> that's why when Jesus, yeah, it's, it's, it's just so good. It's so good. And so um, Jesus defeats him, in the, uh, defeats him in the desert and then it defeats him at the cross. And so when he raised from the dead, we yell, we won. So that's why we are in Christ. What happened to him is now a, happens to us. We are, we are righteous. We have full access to everything because of what he's done. That's the good news of the cross. That's so good, man. I tell people all the time, you know, in order for God to be mad at you, like in order for God to not accept you, even if you, you know, you sinned, you messed up, you whatever, in order for God to reject you on the basis of your sin, he would like, the father would literally have to look at Jesus and tell him your sacrifice wasn't good enough. You Dude, know what I mean? That is life-changing. <clears throat> That's yeah. powerful. Yeah. As I said, for Jesus said, I will remember your sins and lawless deeds no yeah. more. For Jesus to remember your sins, for God to remember your sins, he would have to forget what Jesus did. That's how I Come see on. it. Come on. So good. And so, yeah. So sin doesn't separate you. From, you know, how can I say this? Um, sin doesn't change your relationship with God. It changes your relationship with the devil. <laughs> Oh, Romans man. six says you become a slave to whomever you obey, but sin, sin doesn't sin doesn't change your relationship with God. You know that's already been taken care of at the cross. That's that's almost offensive. I'm not promoting sin any more than Paul was in Romans five, and the conclusion was in Romans six. What should we say? Go on sinning? He's like, no, that's stupid. You died to sin. And then he goes on. It's like, why would you want to give the devil a foot? You know, once you have wow. a, once you have a shower, you're not going to be tempted to slip on a poopy diaper. It's like it's not. It's yeah. like it doesn't make sense anymore. <laughs> and so yeah. Um, and so when we become when sorry but when when we're when we're too sin conscious right like when we're when we're focused on the sin though even even if we're focused on sin from the perspective of I need to stop sinning so much or oh you know so, sometimes we think we have to keep talking about the the sin and 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 emphasizing the parts of scripture that talk about sin and deal with sin we think that we have to put more emphasis on those things. Otherwise, we're going to go off the rails or whatever. And I think it's actually probably the opposite, right? It's it's the more conscious we are of this of our sin. And I'm not saying that you ignore sin, but I'm saying like the more sin conscious we Dude, are, we must the be more I think we're so good. perpetuate. <laughs> this is so good. Keep going, man. Yeah, man. <clears throat> no, it's like we perpetuate the same thing, right? Like if I'm focused on the sin, I'm probably going to be focused on the guilt that I'm feeling because of the sin. And I, I used to do this thing. I, I realized that when I was a teenager that I would be feeling guilty about bad things that I did wrong. <clears throat> And then so I hated that feeling so much. And I finally got to the point where I was like, if I'm going to be feeling guilty anyway, I might as well just keep sinning because that was like the one time where I kind of felt for you have that sin kind of provides that momentary sort of feeling of relief <laughs> from yeah. or that that momentary sort of feeling of, you know, because sin's enjoyable for a season, as the Bible says. Yeah. But like in my in my in in my mindset back then of being so sin conscious and guilt conscious and living under so much condemnation because I didn't understand the grace of God for my life, I was just I've noticed that I was just sort of perpetuating the same sinful behavior by focusing on it so much. But when we focus on Jesus and we focus on and and we're 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 Christ conscious instead of sin conscious, then we're focused on him and grace doesn't give contrary to popular belief. Grace doesn't give you permission to stay in your sin. It empowers you to be free from sin. It's your only hope of getting out of it. It's the grace of yeah. God that teaches you to say no to ungodliness. So if you want a church full of sin, just preach on sin all the time. You know, they just uh, they tell them you, you shouldn't do this. You, uh, that's the old covenant. Thou shalt, thou shalt not. Thou, yeah. shalt, thou shalt not. But he said, I'm going to make a new covenant. I will put my laws in their heart. I will remove their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in them. I will move them Man. to follow my decrees. What's God saying? I will do my part and then I will come and do your part. 
That's the good news of the new covenant. So grace for the Christian, I think a lot of Christians think the more mature they get, the, the less grace they need. It's like, oh, you know, I'm more mature. No, no, no. The more mature you are in Christ, you're burning through grace the way that the space shuttle Challenger burns through a rocket fuel <laughs> trying to get out of the atmosphere. You're burning through grace like you're depending on him more and more and more. So that's that's the essence of maturing in Christ is wow. I become aware of Christ who lives in me. And I'm learning to live more and more proportionately from his strength rather than my strength. And it's that grace of God that teaches us. So it's, it's hearing that good news. It's seeing that good news. What you're doing, you're seeing that grace. And now that gives me faith that, that really belongs to me. Go and sin no more. That wasn't what Jesus said. He, she encountered grace. Then he told her to go and sin no more. Mm, yep. A lot of people, right. a lot of people have spiritual dyslexia. They're trying not to walk in the flesh. They're trying not to do the deeds of the flesh so they can walk in the spirit. If I can just stop sinning, then I can walk in the spirit. No, no, no. He said, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's like trying to shovel all the darkness out of the room so you can turn the light on. No, no. Turn the light on. <laughs> darkness leaves. Walk in the spirit. Enjoy the Lord. Commune with him. When you slip and fall, guess what? There's another moment right there waiting for you to step into that grace, just simply raising your awareness of Christ who's in you, that there's resources and you're just enjoying wow. him. Grace just begins to come on you and grace enables you to do what you can't do in your own strength. It enables you to live life in the impossible. It's God's empowering presence in your life. Mm. I didn't think the we were talking put... about the new covenant. This is good. <laughs> I didn't think we were talking the... about the old covenant. I figured we were talking about finances or healing, but no, I, I love that's, all that. That's what I thought too, but sometimes, you know. Is that a G-Shock some... watch? Casting no, this is no, it's not. All right, all right. <laughs> it, it, it looks like one. No, it's no, cool. cool. A, I, I love big watches. It's cool. Sorry, this is a cheap watch. No, no, it's, it's cool. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, it's a G Shock. Yeah. yeah, no, but uh, we, we can edit oh, that man. part out. Yeah, yeah, we'll, 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 oh, yeah, we're live though, right? Yeah. Um, no, but I, I just love, um, I love how concise you are. Like, with, with everything that you just said, I'm just like, like, I, I'm a note taker. So when I listen to you teach, I just I can't I can't keep up because it's just there's all these one liners like one right after the other. But but um, second Peter one uh, thirteen says, uh, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober. And then it says, rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Wow. And that picture that you gave just now a second ago of of grace coming into your life in proportion uh, with you know, where you are in terms of you walking with the Lord. And as you're growing, there's just constantly, there's more yeah. grace. We need, we need more grace and, and it's okay. The, the more grace we have, the more, the, the, the imagery you gave of the, of the shuttle, that was so cool. But it's like grace is brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So it's not, it's not the more you grow or the, as you said, the more mature you get that, oh, well, I'm learning how to obey and I'm learning how to do these things. And so I don't need as much help anymore. It's like, no, are you crazy? More grace is brought to you the more you the more Jesus is revealed to you. And so the more Jesus is revealed in your heart, and the more you're you're walking with him and following after him, like the more revelation of Jesus you have, the more grace that you learn to walk in because that's where grace comes from. And and it's when we learn to it's like learning to rely on him. Like that's that's what we're doing. This is not this is not trying to get better at being a Christian. This is us just learning to not trying to improve love Adam. him more. He's not trying, he's to, improve not trying Adam. to improve Adam. No, no. Yeah, he's trying to get you to be more like Jesus. And Jesus, I only do what I do the Father doing. He lived in this constant communion. I mean, your, your job as a Christian is arguably simple. It's be a good branch. He's like, <laughs> he's like uh, I'm a vine. You're the branch. Good he's like, uh, yeah. if, you, if you abide in me, fruit's inevitable. If you don't abide in me, fruit's impossible. What's abide mean? Well, think of the word abode. You, you live in it. And so I like how the NIV says to, to dwell in. Another translation says to remain in. So it's, it's, just, it's this constant communion where the, the life of the um, vine is the same life that's in the branch. It's not like there's vine life and branch life. The life of Christ is the same life that's flowing through me. And as I turn my, if I turn my awareness to him, I may do some activities that help me stay connected. Scripture, memory, mm -hmm. prayer, speaking in tongues, worship. But um, it, it, like those aren't like check boxes where God's impressed. Yes. Those, those grace is opposed to earning. It's not opposed to effort. 
Grace is opposed to earning. It's not opposed to effort. And so mm. it becomes wisdom, not works for me to do those things that help me stay connected to God. So in the it's moment good. by moment, I'm not saying I'm, I haven't arrived, but I have left. Okay. And so we're uh, <laughs> at, at so, least yeah, left. But that's what abiding is. It, it's just remaining that, that connection to him. So here, here's an example. Let's say that you are tempted to look at pornography and you uh, you absolutely stop and you shut that down and you don't do it and you do it completely in your own strength. You're like, I, I'm not going to do that. You've mm -hmm. still failed because you did it in your own flesh. <laughs> and I'm not saying you sin and God's angry at you. Remember, sin yeah. changes the way God feels. Sin changes the way you feel about God. It doesn't change the way God feels about you. 100%. Okay? Because unconditional love means regardless of your condition. And so, but I want you to get that is even things done in our own strength that are the right things are still the wrong way. You know, and so he wants us to, to do things. And so when we feel that lust, wow. when we feel that fear, when we feel anger, when we feel like we want to gossip, those, are, those aren't sin. It's simply a reminder that we still live in the flesh. And our flesh, hmm. our flesh is um, anything done apart from divine influence. That part's not redeemed. Our spirit, and our, our spirit has been saved. Our body is wasting away, but gets temporary renewals through healing. It's like a tire that keeps getting patched. It's eventually going to wear out. I'm sorry. I, I mean, yeah, I'm not going. I got a friend who said he believes we're going to live forever on this earth. Like in our earthly bodies, you can live to be 300. I'm like, well, how much money do you have invested in the stock market? Zero. I'm like, you don't believe in compound interest. You don't believe in. If you thought you're going to live for 300 years, you'd be invested and take advantage of compound <laughs> interest. You don't believe in it. So don't talk to me anymore. Anyway, yeah. bodies are wasting away. Spirit's been saved. It's our mind, our soul that's being renewed. Our mind, will, and our emotions is being renewed. That's how we... Uh, you know, that's how that's how we access and step into these things. And so, oh, Lord, it's, it's, it's just it's good. I mean, he, he's good. I lost he's my train so of thought. And I'm trying to cover it up right now. And so um, I'm, I'm just admitting it now. I lost my train. Just, of thought. It, it's just one of those moments where you're like, you know what? I just feel like we need to pause and just reflect <laughs> yeah. on how good God is right yeah, now. Let's just have a Selah <laughs> moment while I just admit I, I have no idea what I'm saying. I just feel like we just need to pray, brother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. It's, it's for that one out there, Lord. Yeah. So it's <laughs> so good. Uh, well, yeah, it's so funny. Um, we're we're 40 minutes in and we just kind of just the, the train the train just kind of took off uh right from the Did beginning a new covenant train <laughs> well, we could always come back and talk about finances and healing another time or something. yeah we'll do that a different time man we'll do that a different time uh no this is my favorite when the conversation just kind of goes that that's what that's what i that's what i seek to have here on on this podcast is just free-flowing conversations so i'm really i'm really blessed man that you that you came in and just kind of started flowing with it like that it's good well good well i'd like to pick off something you said you talked about being sin conscious and so yeah something that joseph prince uh talked about being sun conscious well i thought was really a powerful thought sin conscious or sun conscious and he used this illustration of a little boy who had this diamond it was this you can't see my hand there's the camera there it is. had this giant yeah. diamond about the size of his fist and he loved it it was so beautiful he loved playing with it but every time he played with it it got it got muddy and so he would go and he would take mm. it back and put it under this waterfall and it would get clean again take it and um, play with it muddy waterfall muddy waterfall that's pretty much the old covenant right i mean that's what uh you know mm. is we get clean we go sin yeah. clean sin and so um until one boy, the, one day the boy realized that there was this rock formation that the, the, the diamond could perfectly set in and it could be under a continual waterfall of cleansing. See, that's what happens for the believers. You and I live under a continual waterfall of cleansing. Hebrews 9 and 10 says that we are eternally redeemed. You know what that means? It means he forgave your sins, past, present, and future. Hold on, Jim. On. How can God forgive future sins? You better hope he can because he only died once. <laughs> so you better hope that it paid for sins. That's what eternal redemption is. Yes. And so, see, that's the you know, I, there's there's you know, there's a camp called eternal security. But I grew up in eternal insecurity. The denominations I grew up in, you had to get you know, it, it, it was once saved, always saved. It was like you need to get Man. saved every time you sneeze and didn't rebuke the devil. You know, it was just yeah, I, I rededicated my life so many times, my rededicator broke, and then I got really dude. Worried. Me too. So yeah, I don't, I don't every altar call. Yeah, I don't believe every in altar insecurity. Call. <laughs> oh, my my youth pastor, I, I shouldn't have said it. He gave an altar call every time. And uh, and like I, I jokingly say this, but he got his self-esteem by how many people responded. And like if no one responded, he just started going through the list of sins. And they're like, okay, he got me. You know, it was like I was down there every he week. You know, I was like, I, you know, and then I, you know, I'd make more promises to God that I know I didn't keep. And you know, I'd be good till about, you know, we had youth group on Wednesday. I was good till about Friday. 
you know, and then I start feeling guilty again. But then there was Sunday's guilt altar call. And so there was that too. But see, that's the old covenant. And so we can be sun conscious. What happens when I'm sun conscious? I'm recognizing what Jesus has done for me. And what does it say? It says that through the gift of righteousness and an abundance of grace, we reign in life. How do you receive grace? You focus on what he's done. You focus on your righteousness. You look at what Jesus has done and that that washing of the word. You, it says, you know, the grace of God teaches you to say no to ungodliness. Listen, guys, if you become sun conscious, you will live more holy on accident than you ever could on purpose in your own strength. Well, Give it a try. So what do you got to lose? <laughs> <laughs> Give it a try. Yeah, there's something that Chris Valentin said uh, wow, years ago that, that, really, that really stuck with me when he said it. And he was just like, you know, you don't need to have all of these different no's if you have a strong yes for Jesus. Like if it's just yeah. about saying yes to the Lord, I don't. And so the example he gave, he's like, I don't need to wake up every morning and be like, um, I, I need to not cheat on my wife today. He's like, no, that's an automatic outflow of my life that doesn't happen because I've said yes to Jesus. Yeah. You know, and so I'm, I'm focused on him. I'm not focused on. See, we could do this. It, it's we could do it from like the pharisaical standpoint where it's kind of as you were saying it before of doing abstaining from things that we know that are wrong but doing it in our own strength and kind of like relying on our own ability to have willpower to not do things and you know beat our flesh into submission and stuff like that that's booted. and uh, that's kind of yeah yeah exactly and it's like i can i can do it that way but i could also just look at jesus and recognize that he's conquered sin he's conquered death he's conquered these issues that i face in my life i'm in christ and so it doesn't mean we'll never have a uh, it doesn't mean that we'll never have a, a struggle with sin as you said it definitely doesn't mean that we won't be tempted it, it, it doesn't mean that but it means that we're not doing it from this place of our own strength we're doing it from a place of rest because of what he's done for us it just comes back to the same thing it's all based on his finished works I love it. Think about, um, imagine you got a speedboat and the autopilot is set on north. And so what happens with a lot of Christians is uh, what, the way that they try to uh, change the direction, let's just, let's say north is sin, okay? And so they take it and they grab the steering wheel and they're turning it and they're holding wow. it. And now they're going south. They're going the right way. But the second they let go, it swings back around to north. And so um, wow. what God wants to do is he wants to, he's changed your nature, but he's now he's going to, He's going to line up your inside. He's going, to check, he's going to line up your soul with your spirit. Your spirit is perfectly saved. First Corinthians 16 says your spirit and his spirit have become one spirit. Your spirit has got all the goodies. But as you learn, um, as, you, as you renew your mind so that it becomes into alignment with what's happening in your spirit, he's changing that autopilot. That's what God mm. wants to do. He says, if you make the tree right, yeah. the fruit will be right. So many Christians are into sin management. They're trying to manage the behaviors of Christians and that's like trying, that's like tying apples to an orange tree. It's like, no, 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 you need to change the tree. So Jesus said, if you make the tree right, that he's in the business of changing you on the inside. That's the good wow. news. That that's that's the freedom, is where you God literally wants to empower you so you can do what you want. Yeah, otherwise, <laughs> you're an unprofitable servant. Remember the parable in Matthew where he's like, Hey, the servant goes out, works all day, comes in, and uh, and uh, sets the you know, makes the food for the master, and the master says, Thanks, you did what an unprofitable servant would do. You read that. It's wow. like, Man, that sounds kind of harsh. What's an unprofitable servant? They only do what they're told to do. Come and on. He says, I, he says, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends for servants don't know what their master's doing. They don't, they don't know what they're doing. And so he's yeah. bringing us into these levels. And so Christianity is built on layers and they're all true at the same time. You're a slave to Christ. Boom. That's how it comes in. I live to do your will. That And that never changes. Mm. But then we get to be friends. We get to know the master's business. Then we're sons with full access to the inheritance. We've got the robe and the ring and the shoes. And then we get to be the bride of Christ. And then we get to be made one with Christ. And it's like, well, they're all true at the same time. Salvation was so wonderful. There's no one metaphor that can explain everything. And so uh, anyway, I don't know how I'm getting at all that. No, it's so good, man. I, I look at it like this. You know, Jesus... You mentioned earlier, you, you used the word access, how he's given us access to him. We have access to his world and he gives us everything right from the beginning. He gives us full acceptance, full obedience. He gives us the ability to be in his presence. He invites us in. There's not like this probationary period where we've got to prove ourselves and do all this stuff. I love what uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 
says that it says when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And I love the simplicity of that, uh, of just like the imagery there. And this is something that I do sometimes. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do this with like two people and they'll put like a towel or like a veil over someone's face. And I'll say, okay, turn to that person and then remove the veil. Where are you? And I say, you're in that person's face. And so I tell people, you know, we begin our relationship with God in his face. Yeah. We begin our relationship with God, not from this place of having to strive or attain to something so that we can qualify to be in his presence or to be where he is. But we actually start there and we continue there okay. as long as, you know, it's like Paul said, like if you've why would you go back to works when you've when you've started in grace, you know, and it's just like, duh, right? It's like one of those things that makes sense. But yeah, I, I just think and, and I don't know what it is, man. I don't know if it's because if we just have these. I don't know if we just maybe it's through teaching or through what it, whatever it is, but it's almost like Christians are pre-wired to kind of just skim past these things in Scripture that really talk about our nature and who we are and what he's done for us and what he's accomplished for us. And we I, I don't know, I just think so often we default to works. We default yeah. to doing things in our own strength and to the striving thing and trying to earn stuff. And uh, it's so much more simple than that, man. Just. It is. Yeah. I need to be reminded how simple it is. Yeah. For I mean, sure. Me too. Uh, Always. I, I mean, you, you, you know, you and I are never going to uh, grow out of grace. You know, the new covenant's never going to be elementary. You know, I mean, yeah. It's interesting. It's, yeah, so, Roman or uh, Hebrews, I think it's six, where he's like, hey, let's move beyond the elementary teachings. Then he mentions these teachings. And I'm like, well, I don't think we're past those. He's like, repentance from dead works, you know, uh, baptism, yeah. plural. You know, uh, laying out of hands. Uh, what else does he mention in there? But it's like, it's like, oh man, repentance from dead yeah. works. Like, repentance we're from dead works, faith toward God. Yeah. What's that? Uh, it was like uh, faith toward repentance from dead works, faith toward God, and then yeah, I think eternal judgments and baptisms, and you said most of those. I think you said I laying out of hands. There's too, six, yeah. There's, there's six altogether, but yeah, but it's yeah, like, like oh, we're not, we're not, we haven't got past repentance from dead works. So like, people are still trying to. You know, if, if anytime you feel like you have to do something to pry God's hand open, that's dead works. Anytime you think if I do this, then God will do that, that's dead works. Anytime I believe that Jesus already did all of it, and because of what Jesus has done, I'm looking at that, and I'm responding to that saying, yeah, that belongs to me. Faith looks a lot like this. I see Jesus, and I say, thank you. Thank you. That belongs wow. to me. That's faith. And when I think I have to add something to it, that's dead works. <laughs> yeah, the fact that we are co-heirs with Christ means that his inheritance is our inheritance. And it's not just like a little sliver. It's we're co-heirs. We we have his inheritance. It's like what you what you were saying, that God's uh, the way that God treats Jesus is the way that he treats us because we're in Christ. And because, you know, when God sees you, he sees you just as righteous as he sees Jesus because it's the same righteousness. Yeah, I, I'm going to be honest. I have not scratched that one. You know, I'll meditate on it. Sometimes when I'm approaching the Lord, I'll just I'll get, you know, some of those verses in there. But it's it's so good. news. It's such good news. Mm. I mean, it's just, you know, on my on my worst days and my best days, his love is on full blast. Wow. When you begin to hang around a God like that and it's just it just changes you. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, when you when you see how much your wife loves you, it's like, I want to do things for her. You know, it's like when I see what right. God has done, it's like, I don't, I don't want to sin anymore. I don't want to break your heart. Sin's relational. It's not some business transaction where you did them dirty. It's it's relational. I mean, he compares it to adultery in the Old Testament. You know, it's it's, you know, it's these things. And so, yeah, I, I just if, if in your relationship with God, if it wouldn't work in a human relationship, it's probably not going to work in a God relationship. You know, it's, 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 a, you know, it's a relationship. There's talking. I think I, I talk about the scariest verse in the new Testament or the Bible. Maybe this one's even more scary is to a group of people who had just healed, who had, uh, what did say they were prophesying and doing miracles. And, and Matthew seven, Jesus said, uh, the father's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. It's like, hold on. Mm. You guys are doing this stuff. I mean, we as charismatics, like, that almost becomes the highest, you know. And so for evangelicals, it's typically like Bible doctrine. Charismatics, it's like Bible experiences. 
Jesus is like character transformation. He's actually after character transformation. Well, he says, depart from me. I never knew you. You can know God and he cannot know you because he's after a relationship where we actually open mm. up our lives to him and we communion with him. We commune with him. There's a, there's an interactive relationship with God where I'm talking to him about my life and I'm opening myself up and he's speaking into it and he's showing me things about himself through the word and through his spirit. And, and so that might be the, the scariest verse is like, man, I know a lot about God. I want to make sure that I'm, I want that walk with him. You know, as mm. Christians, we, as yeah. charismatics, we love the whack, the, and suddenlies, we have to have the whack and the walk. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the, the walk might count more. Yeah. It doesn't matter how high you jump is how straight you're going to walk once you get it. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we can really do all kinds of religious things or, you know, we can do all kinds of good things. Like we can go to church and read our Bible and do all these things. But at the end of the day, if the things that we're doing for God, quote unquote, if they're not leading us into a deeper relationship with God or a discovery of God, if they're not leading us to to know Jesus more, then we then we've got to check our focus. We've got to adjust our yeah. focus because we we can just be doing things to do them because we know that we're supposed to do them. We can even try to relate to God and try to have a relationship with God again on the basis of you know knowing that and and not even questioning the sincerity the sincerity of anybody's heart because you can love God and have a desire for God. And still just have this mindset where you're doing things because you feel like you have to do them in order for God to be pleased with you. And you can do all of those things and not really end up in a place where it's causing you to actually know him better. And it's causing you to actually grow in your relationship with him. And yeah, I just think we have to keep it simple. And just going back to something that you said earlier about just simply responding to God, yeah. you know, That's and, and how... Yeah. Yeah, man. Like I love, I love the 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 passion translation of um, what is it? Romans ten seventeen. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But the passion translation says, "Faith is birthed in the heart that responds to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one." And so, like, that's an amazing something else. There, he's the one. Yeah, crazy, crazy. So it's so good. It's so good, but. Faith is birthed in our hearts when we respond to Jesus, when we respond to yeah. what he says, when we respond to his goodness, when we respond to his faithfulness, to his leading in our lives. Like, that's what this is about. That's what I think that's what worship is. It's 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 just simply responding to God. It's responding to his goodness. I don't worship, it is. Yeah. read my Bible or do the things that I'm supposed to do as a Christian because I'm supposed to do them because I'm a Christian. No, like I, I need to get to the point in my life where I am doing these things. These things are good, but it's coming out of a response. It's coming out of an overflow of my heart because he's so good because it's all about him and it's not about me. So good. You know, now I, I, I imagine I'm older than you and so I'm 50. And so back in the eighties, you know, it was the Pistons. I, I grew up in Detroit. Well, it was a white suburb of Detroit. It just sounds way cooler to say Detroit. And so um, yeah, it was the Pistons and the Bulls. You know, I always say, yeah, well, you know, I, drove, I, I grew up in the hood, but, you know, basically we drove through the hood on the way to the country club. But, you know, anyway. And so, um, but, you know, I don't know how many times this happened. Is it, We'd be watching the Pistons be playing the Bulls. It'd be, you know, Saturday afternoon. Um, you know, Bulls are down by two with 10 seconds left. And you knew Jordan was getting the ball. And, you know, he'd get it and he'd make the shot at the buzzer. And it evoked a response. You couldn't just sit there and flip the channel. If you're cheering for him, you're like, oh, my gosh, that was amazing. You're high five. And you're like, I can't believe, you know, that's worship is it, it evokes a response is when you see him clearly, there's there's no working it up. There's no like, you know, it's 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 Lord, you know, give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation. You know, the uh, what's revelation mm. is that unveiling. Yeah. So in worship, yeah. as we're singing these things, we're focusing on the spirits unveiling is that reflexive response. Of, oh, wow, you're amazing. And even if I didn't feel like worshiping before, as I've come into this atmosphere, I put my thoughts in you, the spirit's moving. You can't help but have that response. You can't just sit there and flip the channel. It's so good. Yeah. And like, I, I think that um, it, when we do have a heavy heart for whatever reason, you know, maybe you're going through something or you're just not, you're just not feeling it for whatever reason, you know, um, rather than I think so often we can 
come to this place of kind of complaining with God. And I think that that's totally okay because if you're talking to God, at least you're, at least you're in the right place. Right. But I think that, I think that's so much of what we call prayer is probably complaining a lot of times. But again, I don't think that God, I don't think that that angers God or upsets God. I think that he's happy to hear your voice. Uh, But I do think that if we'll, if we'll take that same thing, but instead of, instead of going through like all the turmoil of it, we'll direct our focus to him and just begin to worship him, you know, just begin to focus on how good he is. You know, he, he, he elevates us. He, he causes our, our thinking to be, to be lifted beyond the circumstances that we can't seem to see past right there in the moment that we're in and worship just, it, it recenters us. It, it, it redirects our focus. It adjusts the way that we, that we think it adjusts the way like when we get all messed up in our emotions and stuff like that. And, uh, and when I say worship, I don't mean, you know, necessarily singing a song. I just mean where you're contemplating the goodness of God, Um, whether that's as simple as just God, I love you, you know, in spite of what I'm feeling, in spite of what I'm going through, I love you and you're good. And just kind of focusing in on his goodness in the midst of what you're going through, because he's so good in that process. When you make it about him, he's like he makes it about you. Yeah. I don't know if that's like too of like too much of an oversimplification or not. But when you make it about him, he's like already gone before you and taking care of those things that are frustrating you and everything anyway. But you know, I, I just think coming back re- regularly, continuously coming back to that place of just awe and wonder of who God is, that childlikeness and just that contemplation of his goodness is just so healthy, first of all, and so necessary if we're going to have our heads like screwed on the right way, you know, here on earth. (laughs) I love that. But um, yeah, I I was thinking about, um, you know, Jesus summarized the old covenant with love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength, love your neighbor as yourself. That was the old covenant. Mm. And so uh, the new covenant, he says, um, we love because he first loved us. So good. So, so like he takes, you know, he takes the initiative, you know, so it's not up to us to love God with all my heart. All my, like, I don't know if I'm doing that, to be honest with you, all my heart, all right. my mind, like I doubt it, but I don't, under the new covenant, I love him because he first loved me and mm. I'm and you know, he was forgiven much loves much. And so it's like the greater the revelation, the greater the response. So, wow. Yeah. And if God's asking you to love him, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, that means that he first loved you that way with all of his heart, all of his soul, all of his mind, all of his strength. So like, yeah, I I love to, when God says, when God says that, when God says, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, that's, um, it's not just like, I love how when God tells you something, it's not just a command. Like it's not just the command to love God; it's also the empowerment that's that's included in there, and it's the yeah. promise. It's the invitation it's to walk it out. With you. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. Love um, it. All right. Well, Jim, we're we're uh, we're a little over an hour, so um, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. But I really do appreciate your time. I really enjoyed the conversation. Oh, this is great. Um, Unexpected. It was, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, man. If you if you're if you're willing to come back, I've got some. I, I did want to get into, you know, talking about healing and, and some other stuff with you. And uh, I, I'd, I love love to, subjects, I'd love to do yeah. a round two with you. Let's do it. So, but yeah, man, this was so good. And I wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't have, you know, wanted to trade this for, for anything. Cause I think that it was the Lord. And um, again, so thanks for being open and, and just being free. And, and again, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me, Duke. Bless you, ma'am. All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for checking out this episode. Uh, well, actually, just before we end, um, Jim, if you would, uh, where can people go to? I know we have wealthwithgod.com, and that's actually up on the screen. I'll bring it up here a little bit bigger so y'all can see it that are watching. Wealthwithgod.com. Um, but uh, where else can people go, uh, Jim, to connect with you? Or are there any specific resources that you'd like to highlight before we yeah, well, on wealthwithguy.com, if they sign up, I got, I got a free mini course called uh, Increase Your Income for Impact, and I think it'll really bless you. It, it gets into a lot of the practical, and that'll really help you. Our church website is zionequip.com, Z-I-O-N-E-Q-U-I-P.com, and all my uh, sermons are free there. Uh, so you can type in a subject, money, faith, healing, uh, Jesus. Uh, ho- if they type in Jesus, hopefully <laughs> Jesus. all my sermons will come up. But uh, if like two come up, then you can throw stones at me. I deserve it. So there you go. um, 
I guess it depends on what tags I put on there. But anyway, so uh, yeah, yeah, the church website, designequip.com or wealthwithgod.com for, for more of that stuff. So That's really good. And I do just want to say, because we didn't get into those conversations on the finances or on or, or or on healing or anything like that but i really would just love to encourage anybody that's listening to go and check out some of those resources and and i'm just saying this um not to you know give jim a big head or anything but just from sincerity of my heart there's um uh the, the way that the way that pastor jim teaches on specifically those two subjects on on health and finances and prosperity um it's impacted my life in really tremendous ways and uh the the way that he teaches is so concise um that there's no way like it it just it just kind of remove removes the excuses that i think so often we use as believers for not going after those things because we've allowed the world to kind of shape our paradigm of those things um, and, uh, anyway, I just really encourage everybody to check those things out. And so, so yeah, please do that. But, uh, thank you again, everybody for your time. Love y'all have an awesome night. We'll be back Thursday. No, today's Thursday. We'll be back Monday with the next episode. Um, and we'll, uh, look forward to seeing you there, but, uh, but Jim, thanks again, sir. And I'll, uh, talk to you soon. Bless you guys. Okay, my friends, that's the end of the episode, but I pray that this conversation blessed you, encouraged you, or maybe challenged you in some way. If it did, if you like the content, if it added any kind of value to your day, if you'd consider subscribing, sharing, or leaving a review, that would really mean the world to me. So thank you so much, and I uh, hope you have an awesome day. Be blessed.